another episode of the Hero Ball Podcast. I'm Richard Davison, and I'm doing with your buddy, Ethan Huffman. Now, Ethan, the draft has happened. Uh, your team, my team, your second team, uh, Elkins' team, we've all drafted some players, made some picks. Free agency is going to happen. We're less than a week away. How are you feeling? No, I'm feeling pretty optimistic. I, I always do love the draft and the new players coming in the league. You know, our little opportunities to think, really think out how these players are going to fit. You know, who we're calling idiots today, who are going to be geniuses tomorrow. Like, it's all, it's all a very fun time um, for your, our basketball minds to like wander and and think a lot of things through. Well, um, I will say, uh, Hugo the Hornet is very, uh, is not as happy as you are right now uh, after, uh, you know. After Thursday's um, draft, uh, do, do, do you see Hugo the Hornet just just in shambles after after that pick? No, I didn't. I did not see that, but that's very funny. Um, and hopefully Brandon oh, Miller is in the same boat as me of not seeing that. Yeah, it's uh, you know every it's funny. Every single team has their like draft party at the stadium, and like ticket holders can go and. You know what? It's just a bunch of, you know, hype. What? Where they're just watching it on the big screen, and uh, you know, it's, it's hilarious. You, you can see Hugo the Hornet uh, in in the the stands, and they're doing whatever. The pick is in. Just hangs his head as soon as the pick is made. And uh, well, yeah. Um, let's just say today, as we start, as we talk, not only about the draft, but also about free agency. We're going to talk about some of the picks that we either liked or didn't like, uh, as you know, just like Hugo the Hornet as well. So, um, yeah, we're going to kind of do some buying and, and, and selling. And let me just say, the first pick that I would like to sell here is the uh, Brandon Miller to the Hornets. Um, I think you know, hate it for the Hornets, love Scoot to the Blazers, right? I'm buying that one. But I'm uh, selling Brandon Miller. I just the whole situation surrounding the Hornets with them. First of all, that team being up for sale and trying to figure out well who is actually making the decision here for this team. I I just don't know, and it feels like there's a lot of conflict there, which. If there's healthy dialogue and conflict and you come to this, that's fine. But it just feels like certain entities, Michael Jordan, are not as invested in, um, you know, not as invested in this team going forward considering, hey, Michael Jordan is selling the majority share. He's still hanging on as a minority, um, you know, team owner. But it just feels like the wrong move, I'll just say. Yeah, and... I agree with that, and it comes a lot more to how much I think we appreciate Scoot Henderson as a prospect more so than how we hate Brandon Miller, because I don't think either of us are like Brandon Miller's no. a bad prospect. Like, for example, I just wanted to pull this up because I remember looking at it when um, I was going through this very early on. On Tankathon, they do a lot of, like, pluses and minuses for the, the, the prospects, and just for the record, 
He is a plus, plus, plus for a projected three-point percentage, free throws, two pluses, defensive win shares, win shares in general. Like, really, his only weaknesses are his two-point field goal percentage, which negatively affect his overall percentage, and he's not a very active steals guy. That's how they have him ranked on Tankathon. Now, like, all that, I think, checks eye tests. Like, he is a really good prospect. The only thing I don't really like about him is his lack of dynamicism with the ball. Like, I feel like he is a little bit more of a play finisher than a playmaker, even for himself. And that being said, like that just gives me concerns uh, go in general about a guy who's going to be your top three, top two or, you know, maybe best player. Whereas Scoot, man, like, like almost everything he does except for his jump shot hasn't fully went in yet. Uh, well, and here's the thing. I think Scoot's going to shoot it. I think he's going to be able to – he's already shooting from mid-range pretty well. And Brandon Miller, he could shoot, like, the high school film, he would get his shot in the mid-range. Like, that was one of the things that he was known for. It's just the way that Alabama plays is – lends itself more to taking lots of threes and, and finding ways to get to the rim. That's just the way that they operate. And that's that was the problem, right? At-rim finishing for Brandon Miller is – uh, has been more of a challenge. He's slider. He gets he can get bumped off of his spots. He doesn't have that burst going to the rim, and and so for me, I have him uh, as my fourth prospect. I got it behind Amen Thompson because I loved Amen's well, just crazy athleticism, right? Walking paint touch, as it were. And but you know, he's he's gonna be a good player. It's just, for me, Scoot's the number two prospect in a tier, you know, of his own. So that's who I would have taken. Um, and I think that there's a large, you know, swath of uh, you know, te- many teams out there who would have gone, who have, would have gone and done the same thing. But because they didn't, we now are gifted uh, the Blazers, and I think this is not only with Scoop, but I think that you like what the Blazers did in general. What do you think? Yeah, so with the Blazers, I'm buying their entire draft. Now, obviously, Scoot weighs that very heavily because they got very fortunate to acquire him. I, I think he's like the handoff for Damian Lillard, to, like if, if Damian Lillard is to be traded, which I think he will be. It, it's a It's a really nice, like, Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck kind of scenario for the Colts all those years ago. Now, Dame is going to be going somewhere else. He's got some years left. I hope it's exactly like Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning where he, he finds a title somewhere out there, even if he's not his best self. Either way. But what I really like about the Blazers draft is they got what I think is their generation, uh, their next generation player, and they drafted a guy like Chris Murray, who I think is just a, a solid prospect. I think he fa- falls into the NBA as an eighth or ninth man and finishes career um, or hits his peak of his career as like a sixth to seventh man. Like he just, he's going to be part of rotation. He's going to be a contributing player. His brother's better than he is, Keegan, but he's going to be an NBA player. He's going to be solid. I like the pick a lot to help all the other young guys play while still, he still develops. And not to mention, um, Ryan Rupert, do not, I'm not sitting here saying he's going to be a star. I have not watched anything other than highlight tapes of him, but I love his length, his defensive ferocity, and 
it's been the question with every player the, the Blazers have drafted that's not, you know, your Damon, CJ, and Anthony kind of guys. Can they shoot well enough to be complimentary pieces? And we haven't seen that from Mr. Rupert just yet. But I like the gamble, especially considering if this team develops, you know, very normally with Shaden Sharp and with Scoot Henderson. They might need that super defensive prospect. And if he can blossom into that, it could be a really nice little pairing. And it's, with the size, he could probably play some three as well. I, I just really like that gamble specifically. What we're saying is we trust Mike Smits, okay? That's what we do. <laughs> we trust him. We like him. And we think he's doing a good job. So great job out there, Mike. Um, that is true. Oh, okay, so moving down uh, a little more in the lottery, uh, pick I didn't quite care for is Blah Cool Bali to Washington. Um, it just, it's, it's very, it is very, um, you know, beginning of the rebuild OKC vibes, right? Hey, we're going with upside swings and, you know, let's draft a guy who we think can develop, but, you know, early on, it's probably going to be tough. Continue to leave us, you know, the tank commander, as it were, to keep racking in these high draft picks um, over time. And with, with Kulabali, you know, late bloomer, late riser, used to be a point guard, used to be small, and now he is a wing with length. And it, it's just in in the games that I did see of him and, you know, leading up to the draft, I went back and did my best to, you know, all right, let me watch uh, some games near the end of the season, primarily of Victor, because I just wanted to see Victor Obiyama play because, you know, I mean, first things first, he is the draft, right? He is the main uh, guy who we're not talking about as much today because, well, it, what are you going to say about, 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 about that man? Uh, he's he's going to be awesome. He's um, going to be great. Uh, we may talk about how you fit around things a little bit later on in this, in this draft with him. But with Koulibaly, he really wasn't involved in the offense there. You know, basically, he ended up working his way into the starting lineup, but his calling card was more, hey, you're our defensive guy, right? And maybe you walk into some things, you know, maybe you'll bring the ball up and, and swing it, or you'll get a rebound, you'll push in transition. But they're not really running anything for him. You're running things for Victor Wembanyama. You're running things for uh, the American, um, uh, you know, guards that happened to, uh, uh, you know, that you wanted to get Victor pick and roll reps with. You wanted to, um, you know, in, in some of the games, like in the final uh, uh, game they had against Monaco. Um, I, I can't remember the other guy, but th there's like uh, another forward who is kind of the offensive guy, making making threes, making making shots, and uh, who's you know not an NBA prospect. So I, I of course, blank on his name. But Koulibaly wasn't that wasn't his role, and so I just don't know where. I just don't care for it. This is where I would have. Uh, you know, if I'm Washington and I want to get some upside swings, here's where I would have stopped the Cam Whitmore fall, right? Noted me, like, I'm not a Cam Whitmore believer, right? I had Cam Whitmore down as, like, the eighth-ranked prospect, right, on my board, right? Lower than a lot of other people. People had him at three. You know, Vassini had him at three. People had him at four or five, Right? 
I didn't want him going to Detroit, but, you know, I had, like, Asar Thompson, Taylor Hendricks, Jairus Walker ahead of him. But we're getting to the point where it's like, hey, you know, if you trade up, you, you traded up to, you know, to get him. I just, I would have taken a swing, a high upside swing on someone like Whitmore, but that's not the MO of OKC and now the MO of uh, Washington. Yeah, I mean, I don't have really opinion on this guy as a player. Haven't watched him at all. Like, but I do have an opinion on a guy like Cam Whitmore, and I do agree with. Like, I the way I'll say my feelings is, if if Balak Bali, I know we could have watched him when I watched Victor stuff. If he <laughs> if he was good enough to take over Cam Whitmore, I think I would have noticed him at some point. Well, you, you might not have noticed him because he didn't play early on in the season. If you didn't watch, like, like he did not play in that Scoot, uh, uh, Scoot Victor showdown at the beginning because that wasn't he just wasn't there. He had a late surge, right? He was playing in like their JV, you know, squad minutes and stuff early on, and uh, but he started playing near the end. Hey, it's your, I mean. It's important that the coach trusts you to be out there in a finals game against Monaco, right? In, in the French league. Like, that that's big. That's important, right? But to be trading up for this guy at seven, where, like, if you're with the Wizards, and you're going to have time to see him because th- this is not the finished product of who you think this guy is going to be. So even if you did see him there, like, they're trying, they're hoping he can become, you know, a lot more. They're basically just, be, be, you know, betting on the traits. And so, I don't know. It just seemed like it's just not the move I would have done just because I don't see it yet. And I guess I, I, I won't see it. So, <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Well, since we brought him up, I'm going to go to one of my buys here as Cam Whitmore ending up in the Rockets. And this is going to tie in a couple other things. But Cam Whitmore go ended up being 20th pick by the Rockets. Nice, nice little shade or um, suggestive pick analysis from Mr. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski. Or did I say his name right? Mm-hmm. I, I got stuck on the the old Duke uh, Duke guard there for a second. Um, regardless, him saying um, he's looking like he's going to fall towards 20 when there's still like two or three picks before that is kind of just kind of good. Good, good throwback to when when there was always the leanings and be, there's mm-hmm. all yeah all that good stuff. But anyway, I, I I love Cam Whitmore as a prospect for his just sheer athleticism, kind of bully ball towards the rim. Definitely needs to work on some creativity at the rim because it's definitely a lot of elbows up and I'll power through you kind of stuff right now. But getting him at twenty um, for a team that you know has some has some cap space to maybe bring in a more primary ball handler. Also got him in Thompson, who I think is going to develop in that, in that role quite well. I really like that. They got, I think the two best athletes. I mean, you could put our up there as well. Obviously he's got the same blood as a men, but they got two of the best three athletes in the draft. In my opinion, in terms of just freaks. I love that for Houston. I, so let me just say in a vacuum, I love the Amon Thompson pick because I had him third. He went fourth, right? Great. Uh, great for them. They needed that type of guy to really – it really just makes their backcourt especially dynamic, especially athletic. Love that. 
love the value of getting Cam Whitmore uh, down at 20. And, you know, the slide, people are, you know, talking about the slide and how crazy. But, like, okay, let's think about this. If the Jazz, you now the Jazz are the team that I really want to kind of also, like, slander for not making this pick because you had multiple opportunities to do so. And while I was good with the Jazz taking Taylor Hendricks, I like that one. That's one of the that's one of these that I'm buying, right? Love the length. The rim protection in Utah is gonna be outstanding, right? It's gonna be great. Uh, having Hendricks next to Walker Kessler, love that, right? And be able to space the floor, it's great. But letting but then not taking him with 16, um, like that's the one that makes me, like, that frustrates me a little bit. I understand some of these others because it, Cam Whitmore, as he's working out, doing all these workouts, I, I'm trying to figure out which teams he's worked out for. I see that he worked out for the Pacers and Jazz, right? But he's probably anticipating, and his agent anticipating his draft range, starting with Houston, maybe going down to the Jazz at 9. I don't know if he worked out for the Thunder. I don't know if he worked out for the Mavericks or uh, or Raptors or Pelicans. Like, after a while, you're probably not working out for those guys. And, like, I wonder if some of the messaging that was coming out, it's like, oh, you know, his medicals, this is the last year that medicals don't have to go to everybody, right? This is the last year uh, for that. So if you didn't get this guy in the door, if you're the Hawks, right, or you're the Lakers or the Heat, right, or the Warriors, and this is for those teams, those those teams that are going to be scratching the tax. This is and you you've got picks that are you know out and about. I understand not t- you know the Heat saying well, you know we really like this you know uh, we, you know we really like Jaime Jaquez and his style and ah oh, man I don't know if. We don't know if Cam Whitmore is a heat culture type of guy and how he'd fit in. And like, so I get why he slid as far as he did once the Jazz said, now we're not interested. Um, Like, I kind of get it. My issue for Cam Whitmore ending up in the Rockets is I am selling the kind of player development situation in Houston. Like, if you're telling me, oh, this is going to be the team. Right, we're gonna have Amen, Jalen Green, Cam Whitmore. Uh, we've got Jabari Smith Jr., Alperin Shengun, Tari uh, Eason, kind of as off the bench guy. Like, I'm good with that. But as we're about to see, Houston has 64 million dollars in cap space. They're gonna drop that on, if not one person. Right? We know the James Harden rumors are out there. But now it's like, oh, well, now the rumors are suggesting that James Harden's probably going to go back to Philly. Well, are you now going to be splitting that up in multiple, like Dylan Brooks, welcome to Houston. Well, that man's expecting some some run. Fred Van Vliet, welcome to Houston, right? Uh, uh, you know, uh, Brooke Lopez, welcome. Like Now we're having all of these veterans who, yeah, they're getting some money, but now you're pushing the development of all the other guys down a peg, down a roll. Like, do you have mitts for all of this? This is where there's only one basketball and there's only eight rotation spots for you to actually get minutes where I think this can become harmful. 
we're not seeing Josh Christopher or Ty Ty Washington or, you know, whoever else. Like, they're already done. Like, they might as well get out of there already. But that's where I worry for a Cam Whitmore here, where it's like, you got great value. Like, even though I was on a Cam Whitmore, this is great value for him. I just worry about the developmental spots and that the Houston's going to have to consolidate and trade out some of their young guys in order for me to feel comfortable with each person developing there. It's, it's just, I don't know. I maybe we come out of free agency and I'm less concerned. I'm pretty concerned right now. Yeah. Like they definitely have, that's a great consideration by you, especially considering their free agency dollars that they have to spend. You know, I'm scrolling through some of their, like some of these uh, free agents that are available. And we, you mentioned a lot of big ones, but that, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to get those guys or that that's their targets. Like they could go a little bit like a, of a younger route and try and, and try to grab some of these guys. Like they could still like think Trey Jones might like get him on the tie track to help Amen Thompson, you know, and like take some of that role off when he's sitting like that. That's a, like a, a starter um, available. You know, Max Struess just to keep the floor open. Like, there's all kinds of subtle options that could really add a lot of players to this roster, not the, like, 30, 30 million-plus guys like Chris Middleton. But, like, I want a 30 million guy because that means yeah. that there's less guys. <laughs> like, no. there's less people to fight for roster spots for. Like, if you get, a, if you get three $20 million-a-year guys, I already rattled off six. Like, yeah. okay, now we're at not, a, not like, now we're starting to get too few um, roster spots, and just the problem is that this their pick next year is going, and that's part of like they don't want their pick to be a but like think about just think about it this way: Cam Whitmore is your pick for next year, okay? Just don't worry about that, and just try to develop these guys uh, in, the, in the way that you can, in the best way that you can. And, um, yeah, just don't worry about it. That would be my, that would be my, uh, approach. So that is my concern there with, um, with them. It, it's very fair to say that's, that's what I was hinting at. And like, that's my concern as well with them. If they miss out on some of those bigger number guys, but I, I will say as much as he Adoka, whatever we can say about him, like I, I do feel like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum did step up a level. When he was coaching them, I feel like he was very helpful to them making it to the finals and getting better and playing well. I, I like the idea of, you know, Jabari Smith Jr. I like the idea of Cam Whitmore, Amin Thompson under his tutelage, Jalen Green as well. Like, I like those guys under his tutelage. I am interested to see how I feel about their development. You're right. As we see what free agency brings them, because if, if they Jabari can grab Smith Jr., Big winner because of Amon Thompson. Like, yeah, Amon Thompson just helps put all of those other guys in the right spot. Love that pick, Jalen Green too. All of a sudden now he's gonna become like Jalen Green is gonna have so much more of that Buddy Heal, JJ Redick like coming down screens and shooting game, and then also take those two dribbles and dunk. Like he's just gonna have such an easier life. I didn't even mention. Kevin Porter Jr. still being on this roster. Yeah, but uh, he won't be. I have a feeling he won't. Well, uh, I mean, y- y- 
Yes, it's let me say it's easy for them to get out of his deal. Like they could get out of his deal this year. The guarantee date. Oh, let's see for. Um, I don't know. So he's guaranteed next year. That's the thing. He's guaranteed 18 mil uh, there, but the year after it's pretty unguaranteed. So it's just another person this year that's blocking minutes unless you can trade. I, I just, I have concerns. I, I think, I think Kevin Porter Jr. is already got his bags packed. I don't think he'll be in Houston by the end of, by the start of the season. Okay. Um, all right, let's go to another one uh, that – so I, I liked what the Mavericks did um, in their draft, right? They did the whole nefarious tank job, got 10, and then used that to trade back to get off of Bertans and bring in Rashawn Holmes um, in a uh, – in a deal that netted them the pick that got Omax Prosper. I think he's a great fit for this, um, uh, for this team who's looking for length on the wing. And I think he is more plug and play just because of his defensive energy and intensity. You can tell him like, Hey man, you're the on ball guy. You are, you're the our point of attack defender because it's not going to be Luca. It's not going to be Kyrie. And so getting him, obviously got Derek Lively uh, as well. I really like Omax Prosper to the Mavericks. I'm buying that one. That's it. Keep it short and sweet. Yeah. Very fair. Don't disagree with either of those. Um, talking about a couple picks I, I'm not all on board with, something I would be selling. I'm not, I wasn't the biggest fan of the Magic's draft. Um, not because I don't like Anthony Black. I think he's actually a pretty good prospect. Um, and – not that Jet Howard doesn't have some promise, but I feel like both of them weren't great fits or were reaches for where they were selecting. Now, with Anthony Black, I'm not going to sit here and say that there was a, a perfect other pick for them. And, and if, the, if he's the highest on their big board, they did the right thing. I just look at Anthony Black's lack of shooting and Markel Fultz, who's on the roster, who they've developed really well, lack of shooting. And Paolo Bancaro shooting that waxes and wanes. Like, really, I feel like Franz Wagner is coming into a spot now where he's really the only guy who's expected to shoot well all the time. And that also hasn't been his full MO um, to his career so far. I just think this team's running into a problem with no shooting. They did the, This happened when Aaron Gordon was in there. This happened basically ever since the Dwight Howard era was over. They just have never had shooters. And that just is a concern that I have. So, yeah, I'm concerned about the, that to a degree. You did get shooting with Jet Howard, but you only got shooting with Jet Howard. You got nothing else because he does nothing else. Like, Grady Dick would have been better here. Jordan, I, Jordan Hawkins is shorter, so I understand. But if you want a, uh, someone with size to be able to spread the floor and shoot, like... Gray Dick is a movement guy, a movement shooter who is constantly, constantly moving. I understand, and maybe there's just a Orlando likes Michigan guys because they have so many of them, uh, and they believe in that. 
It's just that he does absolutely nothing else. So I agree. Don't care for the Jet Howard. Anthony Black, I don't mind because it it's not as if Anthony Black is going to be less of a shooter than Markel Fultz like when he's out there. It's not like it's getting worse in that regard. It's just more of the same. But I do like the way that Anthony Black is a ball mover. It's not going to stick with him. He's a very good connector, great defender with size. Um, and so, like, they, it, it feels like they're learning from the Denver school of thought of, we're just going to be bigger at all positions compared to the rest of you. And you're going to have to figure that out. Um, the He doesn't have a shot. So, yeah, it's it's not great. He at least is willing to take some shots. Um, more of the catch and shoot off the dribble stuff is not there. Um, but if, if I'm, if I'm them, the issue is, And I will say, if Mar- Marco Fultz might not necessarily be the long-term future of this team. He is on his last year of his contract this year. Like, he very well might be moving on. And then you have a, a much cheaper replacement just sliding in Marco Fultz, chase your money, or other role elsewhere. Like, there's no harm in bringing him in. And I do agree he's a connector. But again, I just look at their guards. And, you know, I, everyone knows I don't like Cole Anthony, but... Like, we're looking at Jalen Suggs, Markel Fultz. Like, again, it's just, I don't see shooting on this team, which I think help healthy shooting is the best way for all your players to develop. Like, even if you just had a, a guy out here who slings it for floor spacing, like, it, I just worry about everyone's development potential when there's not really that guy who everyone has to pay attention to at the three-point line. No, Jay Howard the, is the guy. No, he's it's just. No, I'm just kidding. He might. He's be. gonna shoot. He's gonna. He's gonna. He's, he's gonna shoot it. Like that man's gonna shoot it. But that's the only thing he does. Okay. Um, I did not care for Keontae George to the Jazz. Uh, that's that's the Cam Whitmore pick. Where it's like, hey, if you guys did this, then I'm on board. I just Keontae George is not is, is the antithesis of what I believe in in basketball. He just that man's gonna chuck it up. He's gonna shoot it. Um, what's going to happen is he's going to try to follow in the way of the Jordan Poole, Tyler Hero, Anthony Simons school of thought. Um, it's going to be, and it's just that, hey, if your job is to be the backup microwave score off the bench, I'm on board with it. It's fine. That's the role. We're good with that. As long as we don't overpay as far as team building goes, fine by me. But I don't think that's the situation he's walking into in Utah, and maybe it's pretty tank commandery there for for them. Um, like if he's the Jordan Clarkson replacement, 
and actually put, you know, is put in his proper place, okay, I get it. But I feel like the keys are going to be in his hands. And if he's your point guard here, which is kind of where I see this going, that's where I'm out on this pick. I'm out on it. It's just, it, even if he was a slightly better percentage guy, where like you could maybe believe it's going to turn, team fit and the value I think that Cam Whitmore had, you already have Colin Sexton on this roster. You have Jordan Clarkson, who could be on his way out. Um, but like you have, you don't have anyone super athletic and kind of sizable, which is what Cam Whitmore is. And that's just like, there's a very obvious hole at your three and you didn't, you could have plugged it. Well, no, because Taylor Hendricks is the four or Markkinen's at the three. So still hold, still hold the three in my opinion. Wow. Okay. Wow. Not Laurie um, Markkinen. I, I, I just think the way I looked at the Taylor Hendricks pick is that is now a option to help you go small from time to time. And when Walker Kessler is not holding up on some of these bigs that stretch the floor a little bit more. That was my thought is that he, Terry Kendricks gave you a lot of flexibility to be your four and maybe, and then the, I, again, I, I think it's more of the, I would go down the route of playing big over playing small when you have guys who can shoot it, which I think Cam Whitmore is a better shooter than the guy they got. Again, it's, so a lot, of, a lot more of the you should have took Cam Whitmore stuff for me. Yeah, I, I, I just, I don't think Taylor Hendricks is a five. Um, he's best in this weak side for help defender. I and just, I, I don't disagree. Cam Whitmore, I, I prefer prefer that as the pick, um, because you know when you do need to sub and you go smaller, for example. I know we're we're thinking, hey, like, but going smaller, not at the five necessarily, but all right, Taylor Hendricks, take a seat, Lori to the five. All right. Cam Whitmore at the three, like that, like I, I'm with, with that shuffling and like a three wing rotation type of thing, rather than a three big regard. Uh, it's Keanu George should shoot it. It's just, can the coaching staff dial it in with him to take the right shots? I did not see that at all. I don't trust it. I trust that his shot diet is going to be tougher than it should be. We'll see how it goes. Um, who else uh, are you? I, I mean, I see that, you know, some of these uh, super tax ish teams like the Heat uh, and the Warriors, you didn't quite like where they went. Um, yeah. Um, with with Jaime Hawkins Jr., I actually re- like like him as a player. He's he's got a lot of the like heat culture things. Like it makes sense. And like him getting drafted, like we were on the co- we were talking to each other when this happened. I was like, oh, I don't hate him. Wow, eighteen seems like we could have gotten m- him later. I I mean, I'll, I'll, full transparency, I think he's going to play for the Blazers later this year. But um, if he's not. Like I'm happy he's here. I just, I mean, I, I, I know that for the other pick, the Warriors drafting tall Nico Mannion, Mr. Pod, um, probably didn't have the 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 scouting report or injury stuff or medicals for Mr. Whitmore. 
And obviously, they need winners right now. But Whitmore might be a little bit more of a long-term prospect. It just seemed like reaches for both those guys where they were taken. I understand more the Warriors not taking Whitmore because that's just Kaminga 2.0, and you've struggled to figure that out. And so I get that uh, for them, them saying that didn't work. Let's go this way where we think that, um, you know, Brandon Pajemski is going to be more of the high IQ fit into our system. He can shoot it. Defense is the question with him. Athleticism is the question with him. He's gotten rebounds, so maybe, you know, maybe he can, you know, do a second thing and it's not just not just shooting. Jaime Hawkins, and maybe this is the sneaky part with the Heat. It's like, well, maybe, maybe the Portland doesn't actually care for Jaime Hawkins, and so we can just keep him um, rather than being forced to trade him. If we had drafted Cam Whitmore, we're forced to trade Cam Whitmore to, uh, you know, to the Blazers in this trade. And if we think that we're going to do that, it's, I, I mean, that's too, too much there. But with Hawkins, oh, yeah. perfect spot for him to figure out, to continue how to figure out basketball under the tutelage of a Jimmy Butler. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of look at him as in that way as like, I do think Caleb Martin is definitely going to be part of that Dame trade that I think is coming. Like Jaime Hawkins, I think can slot, slot into a lot of what Caleb Martin was doing, or like he might not be there right away. Caleb Martin's always been in the league for a little while, but I think there's a lot of, more of the craft parts of Kale Martin's game that would that Jaime could do, not so much of the dunk on people parts. But I think he's a good player. Just yeah, I I if if you would have told me the Heat traded back, got two got two picks somehow, or like I I would like to have seen him at twenty four. I know it's four six picks different, but like. Knowing that Cam Whitmore was on the table, I get that you know maybe maybe they're protecting Cam Whitmore from the Blazers somehow, but yeah, like yeah, I just yeah, I just thought it was a reach. Um, uh, also, issues issue just for this like is maybe they tried to trade down and there weren't all that many draft picks traded in that way where someone's especially trying to trade up. Um, like the Pistons did like they're like one of the only ones to kind of trade up uh where they were willing to you know drop down but 31 might be too far for Jaime Hawkins right and so who in the 20s was trying to trade up to get a guy I mean maybe you could say the Kings were looking maybe if they wanted to match the Murray brothers up in Sacramento maybe they would have been the, the team, but who else? Do, what else are you getting from them, right? Uh, maybe it's just it was, so. It's like, if, well, if you like your guy, just take him. Yeah, and if the Blazers really wanted Cam Whitmore, guess who would have been a really nice, you know, trade partner? The Heat. They could have yeah. like done that swap right then. So, yeah, I think I think things happen the way they're supposed to. Um, a couple picks that happened right after Mr. Whitmore fell off the board. Um, for the Nets, I'd like to just say I'm happy that they ended up where they are because the Nets have shown some ability to develop. Uh, Noah Clowney and Derek Whitehead ending up in Brooklyn. Um, both those guys, I think Clowney showed a lot at Alabama without having the most success at all the things he was trying to show. And Derek Whitehead shot a great percentage at Duke and was a number one recruit, if I remember correctly. Like, number two, number two recruit. 
more yeah. or less, those are two talented guys going to a place that has proven to develop players. Very happy for both of them and the Nets because I think they got a couple, a couple rotation guys at a minimum. Seemed fine to me. Um, two late picks that I liked. Uh, one for me, Marcus Sasser. Love me some Marcus Sasser. And for him to go to my team, my squad, uh, feel really good about it. Um, I think he's the hey point guard, defender, point of attack guy uh, who who you'd like to have because Jaden Ivey isn't quite there right now uh, with his defense, but you know Marcus Sasser is. Uh, and in the situations where like hey, it's great to have those next to a bigger ball handler. Hey, Kate, Katie Cunningham is is that guy. So. Uh, I love the fit. He can shoot it. Um, the goal, I think, for the Pistons, as far as his role is, hey, to make him a Patrick Beverly type, right? Catch and shoot three guy, point of attack defender. That's the role there. And I, I didn't mind some of his ball handling. But with the other guys who are there, uh, Asort Thompson also being there along with Ivy and Cunningham, that probably takes a little bit of a backseat. But, hey, multiple people who can handle the ball there. He can defend. Um Really enjoyed that from my perspective. Another person who I liked is Julian Strother to Denver. Um, if he goes to another team, don't care for it as much. Him going to Denver, being able to really shoot it really high, uh, high-level catch-and-shoot guy. Um, you know, just, hey, put, put spacing around Jokic and other teams try to figure it out. The issue is going to be the defense, and we'll see if he can figure that out. He's going to have a spot in the rotation. If he can't, eh, well, you know, we got some other guys um, there. He doesn't fit the Bruce Brown potential hole because that's not his role. Um, I don't know if they have really. Like Jalen Pickett, I don't care for as much. Uh, they got him early in the second round. But here I like him as the, hey, give another type of guy uh, for, for us to have endeavor. Yeah, no, Denver getting him is perfect. His athleticism needs some development, but he's got a lot, a lot of shooting potential. Like, this guy is going to get minutes because he can light it up. Uh, last guy I want to mention is Amari Bailey. Um, I, I didn't, honestly, I was going to like this pick almost no matter where he went. I just like, I, I like the way he moves on a basketball court. And I could be falling victim to the, a guy who really likes going left, like likes finishing, dunking on people with that like this like cock back left hand he had in that Gonzaga game just oh got me excited. But if I'm, he has he's had some injury issues if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he's very young still, but I like I like him wherever he ended up. The Hornets got him. I I think he ends up him and Lamelo end up playing a lot of minutes together this year, and I think he's the starter by year two. Oh, I don't know. I I don't care for the spot. Let me just say that. Um, because not only he's not the only guy who went there. We've already talked about Brandon Miller. That's that's there. But there's another person that went to this team. That's Nick Smith Jr. Uh, another kind of guard, slight. Don't care for the Nick Smith Jr. pick, but uh, or him going there too. I just and maybe Amari Bailey can. Uh, if he's going to get those minutes, it's going to be because of the defense. And uh, perhaps defensively, he can show, hey, I'm the right type of guard player. Nick Smith shouldn't be, you know, shouldn't be playing. It's me. And, and maybe that's where it comes. I just don't care for the Hornet situation. 
either. Just a lot, a lot of things I'm unsure of about, uh, about that there. No, I'm admitting that the Hornets are not necessarily the best scenario, but I, I really do think Amari Bailey, wherever he ends up is going to be a successful player. I, I, I like that UCL, UCLA team a lot this last year. Like they were a very fun team to watch, which is something I thought I'd never say about a Mick Cronin coach team. Yeah. Well, uh, let's transition ourselves to free agency. But before we can do that, um, Chris Paul, Chris Paul trade trade happened uh, where he's going to the Warriors. That's a funny situation on a number of fronts. Um, but the Jordan Poole being traded to um, to Washington. First off, Washington now has not only we talk about Balakulabali there. They've also got their backcourt situation kind of figured out, right? You've got a Tyus Jones uh, who's on an expiring deal, and you have Jordan Poole who is not on an expiring deal. He's going for a while, and that was the issue, right? We want to get him off of the Warriors to give them future financial flexibility. This move is primarily, I think, about money. It's primarily about finances, and... uh, that, that's just, that's it. Point, point, point blank, period. There are secondary parts to this where I think Jordan Poole is in a position to, this man's going to get a lot of shots up, right? And uh, it, just the that situation is going to lend itself to him being the primary shot taker. Don't think Kyle Kuzma's back, uh, but maybe you're going to see some Denny Avdia um, out there with Koulibaly and Tyus Jones and Daniel Gafford. That kind of feels like the, the the situation for them. I don't know if they go for anyone else. But uh, for the Warriors, it's a unique stylistic thing. I do think Chris Paul can be flexible. And what I'm most curious about is, is he going to come in and be, all right, we're going sixth man of the year Chris Paul, right? Or is it going to be, well, it's Chris Paul. We got to start him along with the other guys. He's got to get more minutes. If it's me, I like this for the Warriors. If he is the off the bench guy, not getting 32 minutes a year like he did last year, but getting maybe 24 minutes a year, 25 minutes a year, sorry, 25 minutes a game this year, and being able to run the second unit, being able to be a screener off the ball uh, in this world. Like he's smart enough. He's going to figure out this Warriors system and how to operate within it they just need to get a taller rim running big which they were already they're already going to be getting another big just that they have to um they saw that i think and so just that pairing um off the bench i'm curious to see uh how that works for them yeah obviously a big is in the works for them need has to be because they don't have the right matchup for Nikola Jokic we haven't seen that in the playoffs yet but if Anthony Davis wasn't the right matchup for Nikola Jokic I still I don't think Kevin Looney's gonna pull it off all the way either I think this is a this is great news for Jonathan Kaminga I think this gives him a real chance to run a lot simpler of sets and get have a lot more production this just gets uh, Jonathan Kaminga much closer to getting paid by someone else as soon as uh, he's done with the Warriors. I just I think that's the path we're going down. 
I think Chris Paul is is got to be the bench guy. It's got it's Curry, Thompson, Wiggins, Draymond, Looney. Like that's your starting lineup. You can't change that unless you sign a, somehow get a center that makes more sense than Looney if you're trying to preserve the man who just played 82 games and a lot in the postseason. I I, I just think you give you give Chris Paul Moody off, off the bench, this new pod guy to shoot, Kaminga rolling. And just let him let him play Chris Paul ball for 20 minutes a game. I am unconvinced that Kaminga will be on this roster by the time he's able to play a minute with Chris Paul. Um, I could see him getting traded. Uh, I do think Moody, I think they want to keep him. I think they like him. I, I don't think that they care for Kaminga, to be honest. Um, and, yeah, I don't know who the big is. There's a, there's a few possibilities uh, in free agency, um, places that they could go. We don't need to get into all of that right this moment. But uh, overall, I think I like it. Um, it's just, it, are the personalities going to mesh after all that has happened? We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, that's something we can't actually really speak to. We don't know these people. Yeah. Okay. Free agency. What I like to do is I'd like to just quickly run through the teams that are going to have space and about how much space they have. Um, with some, there, there's some assumptions in here, uh, kind of inherently built into this. But with uh, the cap space teams, Houston leading the pack, about $64 million, right? They got enough for... Um, you know, one soup. You know, one really big max player. Uh, whether that be James Harden, whether that be a um, uh, Chris Middleton, right, or you know that type of uh, a player, you can throw. You know, throw the bag. Kyrie Irving, Fred VanVleet. You can throw the bag. You know, in between thirty or forty million, and and, and you know, get him. Utah is uh, the other team that has that much money. $45 million. So if you want to, those are basically the two teams that can offer maxes to, you know, veterans, right? Otherwise it's, Hey, maybe we could piece together a couple of smaller deals, mid teens, $20 million contracts to, to fill out the, the roster. I've already talked about my concerns with Houston. Next, we've got the next year, San Antonio, Sacramento, uh, Indiana, and Detroit. All of these teams are at 34 to 28 in Detroit, 32 for Indiana, where you might be able to throw like a mini max, um, you know, off to a restricted free agent uh, or get pretty close to it. And that, those, that, that's what they've got there. Orlando at 24. And then we start getting to basically just a shade above the mid-level exception. OKC at 16, Charlotte at 13, Washington at 13 and then after that it's well if you can't have more than the mid-level exception a lot of teams that are operating either as cap space teams if you know portland if they trade dame can get themselves to some cap space because that means they're probably not bringing back uh jeremy grant right uh cleveland if they let lavert go can get to some some space but it at you know chicago if they let vucevic go the Lakers, if they the Lakers are a team that, depending on the, who they want to bring in, right, they could get to, to quite a bit of space 
um, maybe more in the Orlando, Detroit, Indiana range if they go to, hey, we're letting D'Lo go, we're letting Bamba, Beasley, and we are renouncing Rui, they can get to that. But it would take, you know, for a lot of these teams, it's just going to make more sense to operate as an over-the-cap team because the mid-level, the full mid-level, is about $12 million, right? The taxpayer mid-level is going to be about, uh, I believe, a shade over seven. Uh, million dollars the room exception right around there about seven million dollars too um uh, and and so that's for some of these teams it might make more sense to operate as an over the cap team like the lakers for example just let d'lo go you know let bomba go keep the rest if you need to maybe make some trades so with this ethan what are some interesting things to you as we look toward free agency i mean what are you looking at what are you thinking what i'm thinking is i feel bad for the teams with lots of cap space this year without abilities to get it to next year because like just if you look at the, the classes right now like the classes are just very different like next year in terms of unrestricted free agents you'll have deontay murray you'll have drew holiday has a player option he could opt out of Restricted guys like Hal Burton and LaMelo Ball. Um, Anthony Edwards restricted. He's going to get maxed. Desmond Bain, Maxi, Paul George, and LeBron have player options. Like, Not that all these people are on the move and going to be doing different things. But like, there's a lot more, I would say, tasty, like throw something out there. We feel better about what we're getting back next season. So like right now, you're, if you really win the lottery this this year, you're getting Chris Milton, who's great, who's really good. But that just doesn't sound or feel as good as some of those names for next year. So I'm really curious to see how many of these teams, especially the ones closer to Sacramento and Indiana, who I think could start to push up their timeline in terms of trying to really get after it. Does it like are are do you got to spend it while you have it or are they a teams that are like can we utilize that space to get players in that we can trade for that star that's actually closer to being available next year or in the future like, I just I just don't see the guy who when you sign him this year it makes a difference for the title these title teams like that guy just those guys just aren't available in my opinion unless the Bucks lose Chris Milton if the Warriors lose Draymond Green. Like it's all about where these teams aren't anymore than or where these players aren't anymore than where they're going. Yeah, it's this being a unique offseason in that hey. By the way, we don't have a new CBA officially yet. Like like the teams are still waiting for that official document. Uh, it hasn't come out yet. Um, they have the term sheet, which is like you know a shortened uh, Sparknotes version of it, but they don't have the full thing yet. So there's a little bit of uncertainty with that. But with what we do know about the CBA, the new one, this summer is kind of like a freebie summer a little bit. There are some penalties for, for tax and super tax teams that are being implemented, but not all of them, not the harshest ones. And, and so with, with this being the last summer that you have added flexibility, I think that you see more trades um, happening trading into some of these cap space teams, like if they can't get the guy that they want. Like, for example, I think Detroit wants Cam Johnson. I think that they're going to try to throw the restrictive free agent 
offer out there for him. And if it gets matched by the Nets, okay. We're, we're now going to be a team that's going to try to help, you know, solve this other team's, you know, cap, cap situation because they're afraid of the super tax going into next year, right? Being uh, able to offload, um, you know, those deals. The other thing that can happen is that why I think we're going to have see increased trading as opposed to free agency is you can now use your mid-level exception as a trade exception, right? And so that just means that there are more people that can be traded into those spots. As far as free agency goes, you're right. There's not these guys that are, you know, other than if they stay with their own teams, like Kyrie Irving probably going to stay with his own team, right? Fred Van Vliet been rumored. Hey, maybe they're going to offer him more of a deal. He's kind of the one that I, I don't know about. Draymond Green, yeah, maybe he could go to Sacramento, like is now the other uh, option out there. Chris Middleton, maybe he could go to Houston. But I, I could see, for example, let's throw a Kyle Kuzma out there. Kyle Kuzma, I don't think is staying in Washington. But I look around, it's like, well, are we sure any of these teams are really willing to give Kyle Kuzma the years like this is really where I think that it becomes the teams have a years not dollars concern where they might be willing to say you know Kyle can we do a like do you want 40 million dollars this year like do you want 40 million like a one year 40 million dollar with a team option for or you know or for 20, I don't know, however, I don't know quite how they could structure, but like basically do a huge first year deal, smaller second year, you know, deal to give him the money he's looking for without tying up my cap flexibility and allowing me to maybe dip into next year's free agency. I could see a lot of short one year deals or uh, two minus one where it's skewing in the team favor as they're kind of uncertain how this new CBA is going to play out. That's how I could see some of these other guys. Um, you know, a lot of one-year deals, a lot of two-year deals, less of the three or four, unless they are your, you know, Kyrie Irvings, Fred Van Vliet's, right? Those guys. Yeah, I just, I look at a lot of these players as like, they're going to turn into these walking trade exceptions. Like all, like a lot of these guys getting signed are going to be signed they're going to play well or poorly and be traded because of, of how that works. Like It's like, that's the plan of signing this guy. We're going to sign him to trade him. Like, I, that's how I feel about the teams with cap spaces. Like, Utah, I don't know if they're quite ready. They might be able to. They got just the right player. San Antonio, obviously, wants to is going to want to do everything to figure out what, uh, you know, helps Big Vic the best. But, like, that might be a little bit of a learning curve and experience that they – have to go through like like i'm just not i just haven't figured out how all these teams like of the players who's available who actually makes sense for all these teams like it's just it's just weird like like san antonio like i don't see them throwing a multi-year deal out for someone like okay austin reeves great the lakers have said that they're going to match it okay so if austin reeves is off the table like do you 
do the uh, Spurs really want to invest all of this money and cap space on a single guy here or, or a couple people here that is going to carry them through Victor's rookie deal? Like, I don't think so. I don't think that they quite know the way they want to implement things. They have, you know, if they bring back Trey Jones as the kind of, you know, point guard, like even for them, I don't, I don't see them really, really, you know, wanting to do that, right? Maybe it's a Gabe Vincent. Okay, we'll throw some money at, toward, toward Gabe Vincent. Um, you know, but I just, again, don't see the years. Um, I don't see teams being especially willing to uh, tag on ton, tons of years. I'm really looking forward to the uh, dunked on mock offseason because I think that like, this is a really unique one in figuring out how teams are going to start approaching it. Um, like, maybe we could talk, talk about, um, like I said, I think that Cam Johnson is a person that, that Detroit's going to go for. Um, and I think that's, you know, maybe Jeremy Grant, uh, it's been rumored there. But outside of that, I don't think that there's any really any guys that, that that team is looking for. We've already kind of mentioned the Houston one. Are there any other teams that you think, you know, I think that they're going to try to go after, you know, this player? Or, or I don't know if you want to, like, look at individual players and say, well, who's going to who's gonna sign this guy? I don't know. What do you think? I'm confident that the Pacers will make a, a push for Harrison Barnes. Yeah. I think the Rick Carlisle connection like back to the Dallas days, like he, he developed well, he, he learned his role. I think he's a super dependable, highly versatile three, four, just kind of the thing that they need to, uh, to bring in. I know Jairus Walker's the pick there, but it could be even like a little bit of a mentorship type of program for him. Like it just makes a lot of sense to add that guy who can actually play the three and be three sized. But when they, want to go a little smaller with some of these, you know, guards that they have between Neesmith, Duarte, Heald, Matherin, because we know Tyrese is playing point. It gives you the ability to slide him up and down. Obviously, Miles Turner's protecting the rim. I think I think he is he's going to be, I think, who the Pacers want. Who knows if that's where he goes? Like, that's someone who I have a really strong feeling will end up a Pacer. No, I, I agree with that. I think that that's, that's the right move. I mean, they don't spend all thirty, all thirty-two on him, um, but just because who who else are you, who who are you bidding against, right? But you're right. I think he is someone who they could get into and who can play alongside Jarris Walker uh, and Miles Turner as the three front court guys. Uh, we already mentioned that uh, Draymond Green, I think, is probably the first Sacramento like person there, but I, I don't see Draymond leaving the Warriors. I think that he's there. Like, I think Draymond opted out because he knows Sacramento is my uh, financial, you know, th that's where I'm going to, that, that's how I'm going to get this new contract with the Warriors for as much as I want and for as long as I want. That threat right there. Jeremy Grant, um, again, if Dame is traded, Right, we don't, I, I'm tired of the updates until something actually changes. Um, but if and when that happens, is the Jeremy Grant where are you going? Right, Detroit has already made the offer for Cam Johnson. Maybe maybe it's there. Maybe he says, you know, what? I would like to compete, uh, and Sacramento could be that 
could be that team to throw the bag at Jeremy Grant um, as the, hey, the younger, more athletic uh, replacement for um, a Harrison Barnes. You know, maybe that's the Maybe it's Kyle Kuzma there, but like it's going to be one of those forward guys uh, that's there. The one person that I am unsure about. Oh, sorry. Let me say one, one person I think, Max Struess, I think is getting an offer from Orlando. Like that's what I was gonna say. I was okay, literally like, like Max Struess um, is a perfect fit for like what Orlando does. Like he he holds up defensively well enough, and he could play your three, he could play your two. He could really just slot in wherever you want. And he is that shooter that I was you know, you know, Jed Howard is the pick, but Max Struess is the guy who plays. Yeah. So that's one to say. I I think he's there. The one I don't know about, and I'm curious where he goes. Is Grant Williams? Could this be the maybe the San Antonio um, person? Maybe again, I do wonder. It's like, God, do they really want to give that many years to him? Maybe it's just a couple, you know, two year type of type of thing. Um, but if you're trying to piece things around Victor, having bigger bodies who um, you know are comfortable switching on to, to to you know bigger players, maybe maybe he's someone there. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't totally, um, I don't totally know where else Grant Williams is going to end up. I mean, Detroit, I guess, could in theory go after him. Um, I, I, I think Grant Williams, I think Grant Williams is going to hit the market, not find it as desirable as he was hoping. And he's going to sign back with Boston for wow. a for a much cheap, like for a fair rate, but not a mm. good rate, not a good rate for Grant, probably a decent rate for Boston. I don't know. I, I just look with, with Christos Porzingis being there now, um, which I don't know if we've, did we talk about that in this pod? Maybe we I don't did. think Maybe we, we have. I don't think we have. That's, that's, I, that's recent. He, him going there. Now you've got Horford, you've got Rob Williams and you got Porzingis. Like Grant Williams found himself out of the rotation uh, during large stretches of down the end of you know of that he found himself back in in the playoffs when it mattered, which makes sense. I, I just don't know like them going Porzingis signals to me and moving away from Marcus Smart signals to me a stylistic difference in the way that they want to play defense and. Grant Williams is ideal for the switch everything approach that they've had with Marcus Smart being able to allow you to play that. Now I don't think so. Now I think it's, hey, we're, we're chasing over screens. We're trying to protect the rim and maybe a more conventional style of defense. And so I don't know if Grant Williams fits that. And with their, uh, we're going to have to pay Jalen Brown issues coming up. I don't know if they want to commit there. I have I have my new, my new decision. He does a bet on himself. Uh, partial partial mid-level exception signing with the Miami Heat after Damian Lillard comes to town. So what? Just a uh, what? What a two-year deal with? I'm just I get I'm I'm thinking if he can't end up a place where he's gonna like have a good role, he's gonna go somewhere where he can have the the decent role with with some with with a play a, a place to like show that he's proven some value someone's going to offer him the, uh, like full mid level. Cleveland is going to offer him the full mid level. Like 
that's way better. <laughs> like, that's way better than, uh, you know, it's like, hey, here's our, here's our 3 and D wing, right? Like, yeah. that's going to happen before Miami happens for the taxpayer mid-level. So, yeah, well, we're going to see there. Um, is there anyone else who you are – well, here's a question I have. Where is D'Angelo Russell playing basketball next year? <laughs> oh, what's going to end up happening is someone's going to sign him. That's going to ruin my Anthony Simons market because they're just going to have him and pay him too much money overall. But who? I don't know. I mean, I don't know who I, that is. There's no cap space team that I could say is going to like Utah could have had him. They said, now we're good, right? Um, Houston's not going to want him. San Antonio is not going to want to start the, even even on a one-year balloon deal, like Sacramento is not going to want any part of that, nor is Indiana or Detroit. Orlando, Jessica Anthony Black, so there's no point there. And after that, we are already at the um, essentially non-taxpayer mid-level. Right? OKC doesn't want it, and Charlotte and Washington are right around there. Washington's not going to want it either. Charlotte has the most. Like, there's, I don't see the spot for him. So, I mean, maybe it is a uh, full mid-level. Like, so there's not that many full mid-levels out there. To be to be clear, um, like Charlotte, Chicago, um, Cleveland. And Dallas. Uh, I don't think any of those teams are necessarily doing that. Uh, Memphis, I don't see that. Now, they already kind of made their move. Um, You know, (laughs) Minnesota, don't think so. Uh, Pelicans, no. Knicks, I don't think so. Uh, You've got Philly. You bring back James Harden, I don't think that they're going to... I don't think I think you're gonna have I don't know if you're gonna have that there. I think Harden's contract brings you up to being a tax mid-level team. Portland, no. Again, you already have him at home. And then it's Washington. So I don't even know where you get the non-taxpayer mid-level from. Yeah, he's the thing is he's just he's such a when he's on the court, he kinda has to have the ball a little bit because like his shooting's too inconsistent, like, but his playmaking's honestly not that good. Like he, he might just uh, be one of those guys who's finding his way to Chicago. Nothing. Chicago, like I, I clicked on them. I'd clicked on Charlotte. If the Lakers, if the Lakers went some kind of sign and um, trade, is his his so, gotta be his hope. Like if the Lakers went some kind of like we're keeping Rui, so we're not going to get the cap space. We're keeping Reeves, but we wait to sign him with um with the bird rights like if they're just somehow take like bringing back like either like a terry rogier or maybe like bringing in pj washington on the restricted market like free sign and trade thing like that's really the only way i can think of a team that makes a little bit of sense who is rebuilding with brandon miller just having a still keeping another guard in there to help but like i don't want d'angelo taking oxygen from Lamelo. you just drafted nick smith that's what he's for Right, but Amari, we already discussed, Amari Bailey's coming for both those guys this minute. Terry Rozier is there currently. 
Yeah, he's he. Yeah, I know. Like no, nothing makes sense for D'Lo Russell. That's just how it is. Yeah, it's Toronto. It's, if if Fred Van Vliet is no longer there, that might be the only other one. Yeah, that might maybe, be maybe it. maybe maybe it's the Fred Van Vliet sign and trade double Fred Van Vliet D'Angelo Russell double sign and trade sadness. Although in that case, if if I'm Toronto. I would rather just sign him to a. I wouldn't want to do the double sign trade because no, that's way too much. Don't do money a sign for trade. Sign so him for the whatever your Bamba. cap is. Yeah, it's like whatever's left, and we'll take Bamba and Beasley as the mat as the salary matching, and just do it that way. So, it's it's a tough thing for D'Lo. I think he's very sad with his next contract. Um, yeah, any, maybe he does the minimum else? prove it somewhere. Oi, oi, or mi- mini mid level kind of thing, like whatever, like prove it deals. It's tough. Phoenix uh, doesn't have anyone, a point guard. <laughs> okay. Um, anyone else that you? Oh, we. Okay. Last one that I care about. Then, then, then maybe if you care about anyone else, talk about Bruce Brown. All right, Bruce Brown is a big person. Is, is someone we got to talk about because Denver really can offer him a one plus one at about seven million dollars and. With the kind of wink, wink, we're gonna do the Bobby Portis take care of you situation. Like that's that's all Denver can legally do with with this, because he only has one year of experience with Denver, and basically when you get to three years, you can offer a whole lot. Two years you can offer more. So that's the situation that he's found. But he is someone who is, I think, at least. A full mid-level guy. A full mid-level. Like, if you're Dallas, like, you go get someone like him. If you're Cleveland, you go get someone like him, right? If you are, um, you know, I don't know. Oklahoma City, I know, just got Case uh, 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 and Wallace. Um, I, Chicago. I, 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 like, there are teams out there who have the $12 million deal that they could give him now. So I don't know. Um, what do you think about Bruce Brown and where he can go? Um, or do you think he's just going to say, I'll stick around and then just get my $7 million this year and then do the basically $12 million deal a year after that? I, I can't speak to what... Bruce Brown wants and can do like in terms of what he feels like he needs to do financially. If I was Bruce Brown and the role I'm getting to play with Denver, I guess like obviously it's lots of money available out there, but I don't know if anyone's got that big money for Bruce Brown right now. It it would take a really it would take a very substantial offer for me not to just come back to Denver at whatever the most they can pay me, make them pay you the most, but you know you like your role. You know your team's going to compete. You're going to play a lot of basketball. I would stay in Denver for the most that they can pay me. Take the wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Because I can't imagine his value going down any after another season. Like I just don't see Bruce Brown's like I was going to play any worse than what he did. Which I know he played really well. But like he's he's on a positive trajectory. You keep taking that Denver money. You keep keeping that value as high as you can. If you don't get a knock your socks off water or offer, I don't know why I said water, knock your socks off offer, you go back to Denver. Yeah. It's Memphis, I guess, could be, you know, maybe a, 
a team, you know, it's got their who's you know could get there. I it just got to find a team that's competing and a team that's paying you through their nose, and that's hard to find. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's that's as much as we're gonna do in free agency. I am curious as to the types of deals that are given out, and uh, I think yeah, by this time uh, next week. Well, there will kind of be the the first, um, you know, the first fruits of uh, free season, and I'm looking forward to it, Ethan. Looking forward, yes, to sir. It. Sorry, Mister Porzingis, we didn't really talk about you today, but when when the but when Boston's off season comes to conclusion with Mister Brown, maybe we'll have more opinions for you.